Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Candace Campos, along with our producer extraordinaire, Thomas Mates. Hello. And listen, food is vital to our everyday lives, and what we eat can have a big impact in our overall health. So a change in diet could also play a big role in overcoming a serious diagnosis like cancer, and cancer is such a scary word. So today's guest knows all about using food as medicine. She uses it as part of the HEAL program at Advent Health. So we are so happy to welcome today Dr. Amber Orman, who is a radiation oncologist with the Advent Health Cancer Institute. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. All right, so let's just start off if anyone hasn't heard about it. What does HEAL, H-E-A-L, stand for? So this is Healthy Eating Active Lifestyle, okay? And this is a, um, it's a program really to help cancer patients at any stage, you know, from day one when they're diagnosed through, you know, the end of their treatment and beyond. And um, it's designed to really help them tweak their lifestyle in a positive way so that we are reducing risk of recurrence, but also improving other things that might be going on. Maybe they're also suffering from diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol, or they just don't have energy to get through the day. And so um, this is a program that we, we deliver virtually currently over a period of eight weeks. And so we're offering it for breast cancer patients and gynecologic cancer patients at the uh, current moment. But we do have plans to expand to all cancer patients um, eventually. So how long ago did this get started and, and how did it get started? What was the impetus? So this has been something that uh, has been percolating for me for quite a few years. And um, before I joined Advent, I was actually going to launch a similar program uh, at Moffitt Cancer Center where I came from. And uh, my life took a turn and I married somebody who happened to live in Orlando. (laughs) And then I found Advent Health and I joined Advent, moved to Orlando and eventually uh, built uh, Heal Breast. Okay, and so um, this is based in the field of lifestyle medicine. And so lifestyle medicine is my other uh, specialty. So I'm a radiation oncologist, but I'm also a practitioner of lifestyle medicine, which is using food and movement, the way that you feel stress, the way that you sleep, your relationships, and your use of tobacco, alcohol, and drugs to really change your life in a positive way so that we are treating, preventing, and reversing chronic disease with the way that you're living rather than relying wholly on pills and procedures and tests and things like this. And so it's really a, um, a foundational uh, principle, I think. You know, we, uh, it's, it's true healthcare, as I like to call it. And so we're trying to, to cultivate health in a different way um, so that you take more charge of your life and you're empowered to really improve your own outcomes. And so um, that's really what the program is about. And the beautiful thing is that this is contagious and (laughs) that's usually a bad word. Um, But, you know, our patients will share, of course, with their families that live within their own household, 
but also with their friends and their you know distant family members and so we find whole tribes of people kind of developing and changing their lives just as a result of us touching one patient i mean and it's really funny doctor that you say it's contagious because our health reporter here at uh, news six had a an extensive conversation with you for one of her um, stories and she could not stop talking about how powerful the conversation with you was because there was so much information about not using technically medicine but using mm-hmm. food and a lifestyle to help yourself to the point that she reached out to our producer and said this is could be a foodie podcast mm-hmm. if you think about it yeah. So along with, you know, the exercise and the lifestyle, let's focus on the food. I'm assuming it's all plant-based or, I mean, what's kind of the, you know, the general idea of what food works? Correct. So when we look at the data in the world of nutrition, okay, we can argue just about anything. (laughs) And so you can, you know, say, okay, well, keto is better for this, or, you know, high carb is better for this, or yada, yada, yada. But you have to kind of look at the totality of the data when we're discussing nutrition, and really look at what are you comparing to what? And so if I compare the standard American diet, okay, which is heavy in processed foods and lots of, you know, sugar and fat and starch, you know, and very devoid in plant-based foods, truly whole food, plant-based items. If I compare that, the standard American diet or the SAD diet, as we like to call it, (laughs) you know, to something just a little bit better, you know, it doesn't have to be an amazing diet. Maybe we've just removed processed food, but you're still eating lots of meats and lots of sugar, you know, and other foods. That'll still look better than the standard American diet, okay? And so you have to to keep in mind, what are we comparing here? And so when you look at all of the data together, a plant-based diet, a plant-predominant diet, that doesn't have to be 100% or vegan or whatever term you want to use, but a, simply a diet that is mostly plants, okay, is the healthiest way to eat. I can say that with, you know, complete confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, And so why, why are plants so healthy? Well, one of the uh, biggest uh, positive properties of plants is that they contain fiber. And so fiber is not in animal products. We have to keep that in mind. So fiber is only in plants. And the reason that a steak is tough is not because it's full of fiber, okay? (laughs) And so when we're eating fiber, that is what our gut microbiome needs to be happy. Now, what is our gut microbiome? That's a population of bacteria in your gut that is absolutely central to many processes in your body, okay? And we're gonna talk about the immune system. And so when this population of organisms in your gut is happy because they've been eating a lot of fiber, the global level of inflammation in your body is lower Hmm. and your immune system is functioning in a better way. And when our immune system is functioning in a better way, it can pick off little cancer cells that are floating around in our body from time to time, because that is the case. We always have you know, a cancer cell or two roaming around, but our body is designed to take those out so that it doesn't land in breast tissue or the pancreas and grow to become a tumor that we find and diagnose and treat. 
And so that's one of the main ways that, you know, uh, plant-based foods benefit us in terms of preventing disease is via the gut microbiome. So more plants, happy gut microbiome, healthy immune system, less inflammation, okay, equals less cancer, but it also equals less chronic disease. And so when I say chronic disease, I'm talking about heart disease, diabetes, stroke, Alzheimer's, all of these things that are really seen almost as obligatory diseases of aging right. are mm-hmm. largely preventable, okay? Now, when we talk about breast cancer specifically, which is kind of my world, five to 10% of it is truly genetic, okay? The rest, it's up to us. And even if you have a genetic predisposition, that's modifiable with your lifestyle. And so back to plants, why are plants so great? We know fiber and also antioxidants, okay? And more broadly, they contain phytonutrients. And so phytonutrients, again, are substances only in plants. One subset of a phytonutrient is an antioxidant, okay? And so they're anti-inflammatory. They're just very good for our body. So they run around kind of repairing damage and preventing damage, okay? And so those are the two kind of really, um, I would say most important benefits to plants. And now when we're kind of crowding other things out of our diet, okay, we're crowding out processed foods, which are not on the food pyramid, not required for human health (laughs) and not good for us. Mm. Uh, We're crowding out a lot of animal products, okay? And so when we lower our meat consumption, our dairy consumption, our egg consumption, all of these different animal products, we see improvements in our gut microbiome, okay? Because they don't have that fiber. We want mostly fiber. And so we're kind of, you know, uh, encouraging our patients not to go drastic change, okay? That's not sustainable. You have to do it in a way that's sustainable for you because this is not a diet, this is a lifestyle. And so gradually over time, crowding out the animal products, the processed foods, everything but the plants, so that your plate is, you know, half vegetables, a quarter fruits, a quarter, you know, beans, grains, nuts, and seeds, that's kind of the goal. So you talked about uh, anti-inflammatory foods, and I know there's a lot of like supplements out there, like people take turmeric pills and things like that to try and have that same effect. But does that actually do anything for people? Is it more important just to have that part of your normal diet as opposed to trying to just be a supplemental intake that you take to counteract all the bad stuff you normally intake? Yeah, so if you just think about it on a very basic level, How could we expect our body to treat an orange or a strawberry, which are very good sources of vitamin C, in the same way as it would a tablet (laughs) of stuff that came out of a lab that doesn't have the accompanying fiber and, you know, all of the phytochemicals. And so supplements are, you know, they're usually derived from a plant but we've taken out the fiber and we've taken out, you know, most of the other package. And so when we think about true health, we want to consume food in its whole form. So rather than drinking even orange juice, we're eating the whole orange, you know, and apple pie is not a great source of apples, <laughs> but an apple is, you know, but maybe and like so, on Thanksgiving. 
things like that, you know? And so, yeah, you got to allow yourself the indulgences. You can't, if you're too strict, you know, we know what happens as, as humans, we revolt against that and, and kind of go back to our old ways, but finding a place that works for you so that you're feeling the benefit, but you have room for the occasional indulgence is the perfect place to be. And I've heard, you know, oh, we need, you know, I'm, I come from a Hispanic background. So when I cook something for my family, if I make them a pasta dish with mushrooms and peppers and stuff, the first thing that my family asks me is, where's the meat? Where's the protein? What would you combat with that? Because there's a lot of people, I don't know, and I can say for sure in the Hispanic culture, <laughs> that you feel like you need to have animal byproducts, like you need to have steak or chicken or something. Mm -hmm. How would you counter that? Right, now I hear you. <laughs> and so I grew up in the Midwest and um, on a farm of sorts that we would have cows put on our land and as part of the payment for that, they would get butchered and we would eat them. And, and so I grew up eating meat, hunting, the whole shebang. And I've been a, a huge foodie my whole life. I've eaten all kinds of weird animal products. <laughs> but when I started learning about nutrition, um, I realized that I wasn't on the right path. And while I was young, it was working, I wasn't seeing any consequence really. However, when I started changing the way that I was eating, actually in college, because that's when I noticed, hey, this cow here in the college uh, dorm doesn't taste like the cow at home. Mm. And how is a cow not a cow? This mm -hmm. is strange. Mm. And so I was kind of down the rabbit hole at that point. Big time, yeah. And I've never gotten out of it. And so when you have somebody that's like, I can't survive without meat, I'm, I need my meat. Um, I point out that I haven't eaten meat for, I don't know, probably like 12, 15 years now, and um, I'm still alive and well. <laughs> I'll be 40 very, very soon. <laughs> Almost happy and, birthday. Uh, yeah, so it works. Um, I'm just an N of one. Um, but when we really look at meat, the problems with meat, okay, that is our major source of saturated fat, okay, animal products. Okay, now there's coconut oil, coconut oil and palm oil. They're a source of saturated fat in a plant, but by and large, our saturated fat comes from animal products. Okay, cholesterol comes from animal products. That's our also our, our only source of uh, dietary cholesterol. And so we also don't need to eat large amounts of cholesterol. Okay, and so these things lead to heart disease. When you have high fat intake, Okay, that's not good for your body. Heart disease, diabetes, these are all consequences of that. And when the cholesterol is very high, okay, this elevates your LDL, okay, and that gets oxidized and that turns into cardiovascular disease, okay? We produce enough cholesterol in our bodies on our own. We don't need to be eating it, okay? Animal products, remember what we said, no fiber. And so they have a detrimental effect on the gut microbiome because you're not providing the fiber that those gut bugs need. And so you're actually cultivating bugs that are more pathogenic rather than beneficial. Um, again, animal products, meat, you know, animal products in general have no phytochemicals in them by definition. Um, meat is actually our top contributor to antibiotic resistance which a lot of people don't know. So 70 to 80% of the antibiotics that we use in this country actually go to livestock. And then we 
eat them and we're getting exposed to the antibiotics and any of the bugs that didn't get killed by the antibiotics, you know, which are the resistant bugs. What? And so, yes. Fascinating. If you've never looked into this, read into this oh, a little God, more. That's a rabbit hole I don't know if I can handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll call me in a couple of weeks. Oh, goodness. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's so true. And people don't realize, you know, how much of a crisis this really is, because modern medicine is so different and so wonderful, largely because of antibiotics. You know, infection used to be one of the top causes of disease. And then we brought in antibiotics and, you know, all of our hygiene. And, and this has benefited us quite a bit. But if we use all of our antibiotics on our, you know, livestock or the majority, and then we're constantly being exposed to low level antibiotics, okay, then those antibiotics may not work when we actually need them when we get an infection. Okay, it just clicks for me. Also <laughs> That's when they say fat. no antibiotics on the packaging. Mm -hmm. That's how yes. that impacts us. <laughs> yes, that's, so why they, that's why they say it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to cancer patients. I mean, what are the benefits for, for cancer patients? Have you seen almost miracles happen in front of you with a change of lifestyle like that? Yeah, so one of the big risk factors for getting a breast cancer or a breast cancer recurrence is being overweight, right? And so what's so bad with being overweight, right? You just have to buy bigger pants and who cares? Well, we don't realize that that excess body fat, it's an organ, it's an inflammatory organ, and it is pumping out cytochemicals and molecules that are further inflaming your body, okay? And so when you lose body weight, okay, especially the weight around the middle, that becomes more common as we age too. Um, that's a huge benefit to your body, not only in terms of, you know, your other chronic diseases and just kind of getting to the magic number on the scale, but also because it's going to drastically reduce your risk of breast cancer recurrence. Okay. And so that's one of the really, really important things that happens when you start changing your body composition okay now I'm going to tell you about a really cool experiment because I just can't leave this out um, two animals in a lab okay rats and they are twins okay but one animal has a healthy gut microbiome and the other has an unhealthy gut microbiome so good microbiome bad microbiome feed these little guys the exact same thing the good microbiome rat loses weight the bad microbiome bat rat gains weight okay your microbiome controls your metabolism and therefore can affect your body weight and your body composition for that matter and so when we are taking a breast cancer patient and shifting their diet to include more plants than anything else mm -hmm. again you don't have to crowd out all the animal products if you still need your meat you can eat it, just have it as a side dish, okay? But when we're doing that, we're shifting your gut microbiome and suddenly, oh my gosh, the weight is coming off. And so we see this all the time. We'll have patients lose 
you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. We've had patients get off of all of their medications, you know, their pill for their high blood pressure and their pill for their diabetes mm -hmm. and the pill for the cholesterol, like literally get off all of the things that they were on. The other cool thing that eating plants does is your gut makes most of your serotonin, which is the feel good hormone, the happy hormone, it's actually made in your gut. And so when your gut is in a better situation, when your gut microbiome is happier, you make more serotonin. And so eating more plants can actually help with depression and anxiety, which is a huge benefit if you're going through something like cancer. I feel like I should have a notepad. <laughs> There's so much information. We're but... recording this, fortunately. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks. Thinking, thinking ahead. Yes. <laughs> so um, my father actually is a uh, Parkinson's patient. Are, do you see applications for people in his situation? You had mentioned dementia and things like that. Uh, be, so beyond cancer patients, can the HEAL program be extended on to other people with like, such severe diagnoses? Yeah. Um, I think all humans benefit from lifestyle change and lifestyle education, regardless of what they have going on health-wise. Um, and so we do have some data in Parkinson's patients. I'm not very familiar with it because it's not where I practice, mm -hmm. but I know that I've run across it uh, when I was studying for my boards. And you know, all of these um, neurodegenerative diseases are typically, they're typically autoimmune in nature or they involve an autoimmune process. And so your body is essentially attacking itself, okay? And so when that's happening, if you can stop or reduce inflammation in your body, a lot of times you'll see the condition improve, okay? Um, there's actually a, a good friend of mine who was um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when she was going through her medical training. Mm -hmm. And she came across the data for multiple sclerosis in terms of lifestyle change and went on to implement that and she became you know fully plant-based and went from being told you know you're probably going to be in a wheelchair and not walking soon to just looking like you or i wow just completely gone and so we underestimate the power of what's at the end of our fork and it is truly the most important decision that we make every day multiple times a day Okay. And the way that we make our decisions is also very complex. And, you know, our emotional health has a lot to do with how we behave and what we put into our mouth. And so we can't divorce all of the other aspects of lifestyle medicine from the food. The food is certainly foundational and important. But if we're not able to find the motivation, the why, and really stay focused on that and you know be able to kind of break our goal up into small measurable pieces that are achievable and kind of have you know time-bound goals very specific goals smart goals as we call them in lifestyle medicine then we're set up for fail and so that's one of the most important things that we talk about in heal is okay we have dumped all of this information on you we've told you exactly what to do but if we don't tell you kind of how to do it, how to think about this, how to retrain your brain and to change your habits, then we've done an injustice. And so I think that that 
is hugely important. If we're not able to help you understand your mind and why you're doing what you're doing and why you can't stop eating the ice cream every night or why you just can't stop with the cream and the coffee or why you're, you know, eating all day, you know, what is really truly emotionally um, controlling these things, that's, that's so foundational and so important. So, Doctor, I just want to ask you one more question from, from my side. If there is one thing, if there's our, our listeners, our viewers are paying attention to, what would be the first step? What would be the first baby step that you would like our viewers or listeners to do? I would say if you're looking to change your life, um, ask yourself first, why? Why do I want to change? and write that down and have that central all of the time you know post that on your mirror put that wherever you need to be reminded okay this is why i'm doing this because we don't like change as humans we're very resistant to change Mm -hmm. and so when we start the process failure is the easiest thing go back to what i was doing before and so keep in mind you know, the, the effort that you put into this is uh, directly related to the benefit that you get out of this. And so if you go in with a clear goal and you make large changes up front, you're going to see large benefit up front, and that might be enough to catch you. And so I'd say whatever it is that you're wanting to change about your life, make sure that you have a clear reason why and a clearly defined goal. And I'd say if you're wanting to change the way that you eat after you've defined your why and your goal, simply start by eating more plants. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't need to be eating, you know, to be starting your day with celery juice and, you know, cayenne and apple cider vinegar and molasses and, you know, like just start eating more plants and eat them as close to their original form as possible. And so like if we're talking about oats, for example, choose steel cut oats rather than the little packet with all of the sweet, chewy things in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you want to get close to the original oat, okay? That's the, that's the big principle. So when we say whole food plant-based, that's like the gold standard, okay? You're eating mostly fruits and vegetables, beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. And it doesn't mean you're not cooking and combining things. And it doesn't mean you can't buy anything in a package, you know? But read the ingredients. And if you recognize all the words in that list, you can think, oh, I know what a cucumber is. I know what zucchini is. Okay, and it's got some spices. All right, check. That's like a real food. Mm -hmm. But if it's got some chemically looking names in it and the expiration date is a couple years from now, (laughs) Mm. then you don't need that inside of your body. That's not real human food. Gotcha. And so um, one last question would be if people are interested in the HEAL program, maybe they don't even have a, a cancer diagnosis yet, but they feel they might, it might be a concern for them. Where can they, can they participate one and two, where can they find out more? Where can they sign up? So um, we are serving 
patients in Florida, okay, and you would just need to make sure that I'm covered by your insurance or my co-founder, Dr. McKenzie, if you're a gynecologic cancer patient, okay, you would go to her HEAL program and you sign up on the Advent Health Cancer Institute webpage. And so I believe it's adventhealthcancerinstitute.com backslash HEAL breast. You could also just call my office. I practice in um, Celebration, Florida at the Advent Health Celebration campus primarily. And you can always call there and we can get you enrolled in the program. Now we do have a uh, quarterly free open to the public um, program where we just meet for an hour and talk about a more general topic, not necessarily breast cancer. And so those are announced also on um, the Advent Health Cancer Institute uh, webpage. And so those are the places where you can sign up. Well, I mean, Dr. Orman, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and just inspire us a little bit, you know, inspire us Mm -hmm. to be just a little better and and listen to our bodies, which Mm -hmm. is sometimes we don't stop and take the time to listen to it. So thank you for that. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, if there's, is there anything else you want people to know or hear real quick before we go and let you you go on with your day doing important work, (laughs) saving lives? I would just say thank you so much for having me and for, you know, giving this information a platform. I think that it's hugely important and very timely because we're in quite a mental health crisis right now. And I think a lot of us are looking for positive change and inspiration. And one way that you can truly do that is by changing the way you eat, because as you change the way you eat, you feel better and you change the way that you move and then your sleep improves and you are functioning in a better way throughout your day and your relationships improve. And so it has this beautiful, positive upward spiral effect. And I wish that each of you find that. Thank you, doctor. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Dr. Amber Orman from the Advent Health Cancer Institute. You can find out more about the HEAL program at adventhealthcancerinstitute.com slash HEALBREAST. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. And on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, as well as our director, Rich Burns. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or tell a friend about us. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash Florida Foodie. And be sure to sign up for the Florida Foodie newsletter while you're there.